you something? I said, can I ask you something? Ain't I'm clean? grew up born and raised and so I know a thing or two about barbecue right how about a nice greasy pork sandwich today's secret ingredient is Jack Turtle's chicken it's a Memphis thing Broadcasting from the back room of a Jack Pirtles on Poplar Avenue in quarantine, you're listening to Never Ask a Skinny Man, a show about restaurants, food, and food culture here in the Mid-South. I'm your host, Anthony Kale, and remember, when you want to know where to find good food, never ask a skinny man. Good evening, good morning, wherever you are listening. I am here at home this morning uh, with the uh, wonderful uh, hot cup of Cafe Bustello coffee I'm sipping on this morning as I'm joining in the nationwide quarantine here on March 25th, 2020. It's quite amazing, isn't it? Here's hoping you're safe and healthy where you are, but if you're like me, you feel like you're in a science fiction movie. This is uh, this is not uh, something that I think any of us uh, expected to be doing in March of 2020. And so, if you're home right now and listening, uh, here's hoping we are a pleasant diversion from all the heaviness going on in the world. It would be the elephant in the room, though, if we didn't talk a little bit about how the coronavirus has affected all of our food industry friends. You know, as the coronavirus has affected all of us, the food industry has taken a really heavy hit. Uh, So are the National Restaurant Association has estimated that the food industry could potentially lose between five and seven million employees during this crisis. Unbelievable. Cooks, bartenders, servers have been let go. Uh, Saw where one restaurant in New Jersey uh, closed after being open for only two days. Two days. Somebody's dream. Somebody's dream. Uh, What's really... uh, uh, Mind-blowing as well. The nation's oldest dim sum restaurant, the Namwa Tea Parlor in New York's Chinatown, has had, like everyone else, to close temporarily. But the ownership says they fear that the 100-year-old restaurant may never recover from this closing. Um, Really rough time on our folks in the food industry. 
So how can we help our friends in this industry? Well, take advantage when you can of pickup and delivery from uh, local food establishments. Uh, there was a suggestion I thought was really good. Purchase gift cards from local restaurants. It's sort of a, uh, uh, in a way, it's sort of a, a, a small period loan. Um, you know, we're, we're giving them money and we'll eventually, whether it's soon or later, um, get what we purchase the cards for. But uh, it, it puts cash into the pockets of those that are still able to maintain during this crisis. So again, let's keep our folks in the food industry in our thoughts and our prayers. And uh, let's definitely patronize the drive-throughs and the takeouts as we can. So this morning, uh, sitting around sipping coffee and um, just sort of uh, like a hermit in our homes this morning, Let's talk a little bit about some lighter subjects. I, uh, again, we want to be a nice diversion amidst all the heaviness we're dealing with. Now, I enjoy a lot of vintage restaurant history. Um, I keep a lot of old, not only cookbooks, but food magazines because they reflect what was going on in the restaurant scene during a particular time period. I've got an old collection of gourmet magazines. Now, for those of you who remember, gourmet was actually the first magazine in the U.S. dedicated strictly to food and wine. And it was uh, started back in 1941. Uh, the magazine had, uh, they had reviews of restaurants, they had travel logs, they had recipes, and they had ads for restaurants throughout the world. It was a really uh, cool thing to see. And during this time, you could tell eating out was sort of an indulgence. Um, the issues I have uh, come from the early 80s. And it was that early part of the 80s where... Uh, indulgence was was a really big thing throughout the U.S. There, there are ads in there for luxury cars, uh, trips to Paris, uh, a ride on the Orient Express, and uh, even ads to order escargot uh, to your home. So uh, it, it, the, the editorial questions in these things were great. It was, you know, there'd be a question like, when I was in downtown Manhattan, I had a chance to savor uh, the dill cucumber soup at Chez Philippe. Can you get me the recipe? Um, it uh, it was just sort of a gathering of Epicureans that enjoyed food and uh, a nice lifestyle. Their travel logs were great. Um, you know, food writing really is an art. It it takes someone to be able to take you there to where you're almost tasting what they're eating. Um, so, you know, when you, you could read, I could say, you know, I'm going to take you to, uh, the restaurant we went to on vacation and we had this, this great, um, you know, smoked chicken and okay. But 
it really it, it takes a writer to really uh, give that descriptive narrative that really makes you feel what they're eating. Uh, this is an example of one that was in there, and it sort of sounds like a, a Charles Corralt episode of On the Road. So this is the actual travel log. <clears throat> one of the features of the evening was salt pork and milk gravy. The homegrown pork was donated by Weston Kate president of the Vermont Historical Society, and expertly cooked by Mrs. Lloyd Selby. Among other foods contributed were red flannel hash, baked beans, meat pie, a variety of home-baked breads, Indian pudding, bread pudding, and assorted pies. Alan Yell brought Switchel, a summer thirst quencher popular before the days of soda, Diners were uncertain in their reaction to Mrs. Kent's apple yard prose, a discreet blend of a cup of maple syrup, a cup of cream, and a cup of whiskey stirred together gently. So yeah, we're talking early day food porn here, okay? So uh, the, the magazine goes on, and as you start digging into the back, there's all these really illustrated ads for vintage restaurants. Some that uh, are still with us and a lot that, that have, you know, gone the way of the dodo. So, uh, but the, the old advertising ads really speak to how dining out used to be a true experience. I mean, do you remember, you remember back in the day, um, you know, restaurants where there would be a coat and tie, restaurants where the waiter would come to the table and, um, you know, would would describe what you're about to eat or describe what the chef had prepared for the evening. Uh, some of the ads would say things that we really don't see a whole lot anymore. Uh, ads would say things like a tradition in elegant dining or an elegant French restaurant in the heart of the theater district. And uh, one of the ones for a Japanese restaurant said, dining here is like spending an evening in Japan. So, you know, the, the whole restaurant experience was like leaving the country. It was like, um, going into another world. And I think that made it really, made it really special. Um, you know, I harp a lot of times on going into places that have a lot of televisions. Now, if you're going into a, a sports bar or, you know, a, a place that may, you know, have an old TV, an old barbecue pit where they've got an old TV showing gun smoke in the back. That's a different story. But, you know, I think a lot of the, the bells and whistles of the digital age have, have taken a lot out of that restaurant experience. I don't know. What do you think about that? A couple of ads I found in there that's uh, interesting to us here in the Mid-South include an old ad that was advertising the rendezvous. And the ad reads, Charlie Virgo's Rendezvous, famous for charcoal broiled ribs, captivating atmosphere in the downtowner alley, Memphis, Tennessee. And one for Grisanti's uh, Italian restaurant that advertised, and I, I never knew this, uh, they were advertising that they have the, they hold the record. Uh, it says record holder for the world's most expensive wine for $31,000. That's something I I was not familiar with at all. 
I had no idea. We we love Grisantes. Uh, Grisantes, uh, one of their locations in Memphis is is sort of our special occasion restaurant, um, and we really really enjoy uh, the Grisantes uh, culinary history and legacy there in the Memphis area. I'd love for us to return to those golden days of restaurants and food establishments one day where we, we focus on the experience of dining instead of just being a number crammed into a booth. Um, you know, we've, we've gotten so streamlined with everything. It's, uh, it's, we really, I think we need to slow down and enjoy the experience. And that's something that, uh, that we're just not, uh, we're not seeing as much. This week's Tony's Pick of the Week comes from Gonzalez Papusaria in Jackson. Now, if you have not graced the doors of Gonzalez, which you can do right now uh, and get your carry out uh, as they are still uh, in operation and uh, getting folks set up with carry out uh, at their fine establishment. But if you have not checked it out, uh, definitely check them out. And, and when you go in, I want you to ask for the Kanoa. Uh, the Kanoa is a sweet dish made from plantain. And if you are like me, you love plantains. I love them uh, when they're in the, the sweeter form and when they're in the more savory form as well. But the uh, uh, they make the canoas with the plantain. And, and let me tell you what they do. They fry up that plantain. And the longer you cook the plantain, the sweeter it gets. So you've got this luscious, uh, dark gold uh, plantain. Then they put a little dash of cinnamon across the top to kind of give it a pop. Um, and on top of that, uh, they add uh, sweet raisins across the top. So you've got these three different flavors hitting at the same time, but there's even more. They take a cream that's a milk based cream and put it across the top of the plantain. So when you bite into it, you've got to get a bite of each one of these ingredients together in a layer. Uh, the taste is phenomenal. Um, go in and ask uh, Ishmael to fix you up a Kanoa. Uh, it is a tremendous dish. You can share with a loved one or just enjoy it yourself, but definitely check out the Kanoa and you can actually call and have that picked up. Uh, so uh, check them out at Gonzalez Pupusaria uh, in Jackson, Tennessee. This is Esmael Gonzalez from Pupuseria Gonzalez in Jackson, and you're listening to Never Ask a Skinny Man. Man, I sure do miss home. I miss the food, the enchiladas. No, the tamales. Chili rellenables. Man, I can taste them. Hey, let's go home. Are you crazy? That's more than 500 miles away. 
It's closer than you think. Pancho's all-you-can-eat Mexican buffet, prepared fresh daily for only $4.99. You get so much mucho for not very much. It's Pancho's Tex-Mex buffet. Ay, ay, ay. Now I want to introduce you to one of our on-the-road correspondents, Red the Trucker. Uh, Red travels the byways and the highways of the Mid-South region in a big rig and encounters a lot of hole-in-the-walls, diners, and eateries that we may not regularly know about if we don't travel the roads. And, of course, eating on the road right now is a little bit challenging with the crisis that everyone's dealing with. There's a lot of these great places offering to-go service and delivery, and one day, I have a vision, one day these places will reopen their doors once everything clears, so... Let's call him to the phone. Hey, Red, how's the road this evening? It's all empty. Smooth traveling. Nobody's out. Everybody's obeying to stay at home. Yeah, it's, some of the roads look like it's just a ghost town, uh, being out on the open road. you you finding that pretty much everywhere you go throughout the Mid-South. It, it is. Uh, you know, the exception being Memphis. But, but being from Memphis, that's, uh, that's, that's normal. That's what they do. Yeah, I keep seeing these reports where there's uh, gatherings in Memphis in areas that there's not supposed to be. So uh, <laughs> it's, you can't you can't keep you can't keep Memphis folks in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're right. I guess you're right. So recently we were traveling back from Atlanta back to to Jackson, Tennessee, and we kept seeing billboards for all these restaurants and. I know being on the road, you probably see them all the time. And of course, sometimes the, the billboards can fool you because everybody, you know, is claiming to have the best barbecue or the best Chinese or, you know, the best country cooking on the road. Uh, and we know a lot of these joints typically uh, are tourist traps. And, uh, you know, you and I both know some of the best food joints or places that really don't have a ton of advertisements on billboards. So, where's someone somewhere memorable you've been lately uh, that you would share with someone that you had a good meal? Well, there's a lot of them. Uh, I've found that some of them are still open and doing uh, takeout. Uh, the most recent one, I think I sent you a picture of it. It doesn't, doesn't look like it's good, but it's, uh, it doesn't even have a name. It's just a truck stop called Clicks. And if you don't pay attention to the sign, uh, you'll think it says something. And, and now, where is this located? It's uh, Hickory Flat, Mississippi, on I-78. I want to say it's exit 48 going towards Birmingham. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure about the exit number, but it, it's like I said, it's a little hole in the wall truck stop. Literally. I mean, it, it's, uh, it's so old school, they still smoke in there. Wow. Wow. Well, yeah, I remember you sending me that picture, and it did... Oh, kind of it didn't really have a whole lot of signage out front uh so that's that's definitely right yeah that's you know usually the ones that are best advertised by word of mouth is some of the best food and if the and if the special says meat and three vegetables with dessert just order there you go there you go vegetables you don't know what you, you know i mean it was 
it was country fried steak. It might have been chicken fried steak. It did have nice, good brown gravy on it, and uh, it was cooked. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> so what else did they seem to offer there? Oh, they had uh, they had your usual cheeseburgers and uh, you know, chopped steak and all like that. But the, the vegetables were all homemade. The salad bar was, I don't know how to describe it, but it was a homemade salad bar. If that makes any sense. Like they had, they had cut the, there wasn't a lettuce one out of a bag. You know, they yeah. Yeah, it's uh, you, you find uh, you know, so many places today ordering this stuff in bulk, and uh, so it's definitely refreshing when you find a place that's cutting up their own vegetables. <laughs> that, that's true. That's true. Well, it's always good to find uh, these hole in the wall places, and again, it's usually word of mouth is what. Uh, gets them around and uh so again you said uh it's just sort of a nondescript restaurant uh, it's uh it's attached to a, a old school truck stop that's been there for no telling how long called flicks and flicks it's, it's literally you go to flicks truck stop and then then it'll say restaurant okay good now, deal maybe flicks restaurant but the, the building just says restaurant so. okay Good deal. Well, we'll definitely keep that in mind, and we definitely want to uh, uh, call you back and have you with us again because we uh, we love to hear about these places on the road, and you've definitely got a vantage point on that because not all of us are, are on the road as, as much as you guys are, and we really appreciate all y'all are doing on the road right now. Y'all are really keeping us going, and uh, we really do appreciate it. I appreciate those thoughts, man. And, uh, we're, we're doing it. I'm, I'm delivering water just nonstop right now. Of course, you know, toilet paper is a commodity. Yeah, absolutely. Apparently, they've, they've satisfied themselves with toilet paper. Now they've started on the water. We've, we've doubled what we're doing water load right now. Wow. Wow. Well, man, thanks again, and we'll be talking to you again. That's uh, Red the Trucker. Uh, one of our new on-the-road correspondents here at Never Ask a Skinny Man. Thank you, Red. You're welcome. You have been listening to Never Ask a Skinny Man, the food podcast about food, restaurants, and food culture in the Mid-South. If you're out there listening, pray you're safe, pray you're healthy, and look forward to talking with you again soon. And remember, when you're looking for good food, never ask a skinny man. <laughs>